Hey everyone, we interrupt your regularly scheduled Hurricane Irma updates to bring you episode 66 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. It remains to be seen whether Central Florida will be directly impacted by the impending Irma's path, but for those of us who have lived here long enough to ride out multiple hurricanes, we can attest to all the warnings to be prepared, have a plan, gather supplies if there are any left already. But our prayers have been and continue to be with those who are continuing to deal with the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey in Texas and quite possibly for ourselves for what may be upcoming with Irma. Last week, our episode was entitled It Takes a Village, and we basically decided that love is a commitment and operates independently of what we feel or do not feel. We need to extend this love to everyone who comes into our church. If you haven't listened to that message and or the podcast episode that went along with it, you really don't want to miss either. You can watch and listen to both in the Hospital Church mobile app or at the website hospitalchurch.org. Now onto this week, and Andy just asked a question, what are we talking about this week? And the answer is, how can I know God's will? And I am thinking to myself, the little paragraph, or it's usually a paragraph this week, it was merely a sentence. It said, if God is deeply interested in my life, why doesn't he clearly reveal his will for me? (laughs) And I'm like, all right, God's will. This is my first question, because I'm not sure that I was exactly sure. I'm sure I wasn't exactly sure. Maybe that's better. What exactly we were talking about when we say God's will, because you mentioned his sovereign will, his permissive will, authoritative will, and his commanded will. And if you look up the word will in the dictionary or dictionary.com, it is a quite a diverse word in its meanings and uses multiple different ways. Because if we don't truly understand what it is we're trying to understand, it makes it difficult to understand. I mean, you understand. <laughs> well yeah, right? So what exactly are we talking about when we say God's will? I think it's really as simple as, or as complex as. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, Thanks, Andy. What, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> take a really simple question and turn it into a complex. What, what, what God wants me to do. You know, I, that's sort of what we were going after here, I, I think, a little bit. Because there's different ways we could apply sure. God's will. Just so that I'm clear that we're just, this is just what does God want me to do? That's his will for me. For me. All right. So I resonated with your description of those who are in the God is out to get you camp, (laughs) because some of the images you had on the screen and uh, living with an image of God as an ogre or, Mm. and growing up, that was my experience and seeing so many people who said or proclaimed, man, I love God and I love Jesus. And, you know, isn't church great? Isn't being a Christian great? You know, I believe in, we're living for Jesus, but man, simply miserable people people in any other way than, I mean, and that, you know, not to throw rocks or anything, but on the outside, it was just a miserable experience. And it's I'm so like, great to, if it's so great to follow God, your face hasn't gotten the word yet. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And, you know, let, let us know as soon as you agree and you really believe that, then let us know. But this should make each of us pause and look in the mirror to be sure that the image of Christ that we're projecting is not of the ogre or killjoy God, but rather the God of love and salvation. But Is it that easy that we can just do that? It's really interesting. I had one of our members came up and said, you know, when you're talking about this with parents, he said, you know, talking about how people have, you know, been a killjoy and thought of God as raining on their parade. He 
He said, you need also to challenge the parents today to make sure they don't do that to their children. (laughs) (laughs) But those can be learned behaviors, right? I mean, that's just something that I think people that you see that maybe learned it from their parents or that was part of the culture that they grew up in. Well, we also have Satan wanting that to... Wanting that to be yeah. the picture of God, so he's he's campaigning really hard in that direction. Uh, <laughs> so there is someone putting out the false narrative, but how do we help someone who may be on that journey to see something that maybe they've missed or that they've just accepted it as fact? Like this is who God is because I I've seen it, I've experienced it. You know, He's rained on my parade. So how do we give them a different look at God? Well, I think it has. I I think the first thing you would do is is point a person to look at Jesus. We have a pretty good description of Jesus' life and ministry here. Uh, sure. And so looking at what he was like and how he operated, what his modus operandi, how he treated people, that's exactly how God treats people. And Jesus' life, I think, is a great place to start. I like the Old Testament stories that don't leave out the the inconsistencies, that don't leave out the the foibles of these people. And I think a lot of times we get this idea that God is this lofty, being that I can never, never please or never line up with. And then all of a sudden, you, you see the story of Jesus in terms of who he is, this man who transcended all of heaven and then comes down to be a lowly man. But the people that we read in the Old Testament, good grief, they don't leave anything out. They put the stuff in there. Yeah, the bad yeah. stuff with the good. And the bad, yeah, and you realize, whoa, there's actually a very common side and, and to also, people who follow God. And also, yeah. Alex Bryan's talk at Retreat, when he talked about, you know, a flexibility, redemptive flexibility. Yeah, yeah. And how God, you know, this is my first choice. Okay, y- y'all didn't make that. <laughs> he so didn't I'll do go that my way. second. <laughs> yeah. My second didn't work yeah. out, so I'll work with a third. You know, he, he's very interested in us in a way that it tries to be accommodating and understanding and retraining. And Yeah, people, I think people have a hard time with that because they don't want to see a God that is, they see that as God changing. They see it as wishy-washy. Yeah, right? and they... So there's a side of them, and I think they, they we sometimes do that defensively. I think we sure. we don't really want to as a, and I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves, which we seem to do here. <laughs> but um, but I do think that there is a side to us. You know, we ask the question, "What's God's will for us?" But in our minds, we're saying it's impossible for me to know. So I can ask the question, and I get off the hook. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Almost to release myself from any yeah. part of that process. Yeah. I asked. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I didn't hear anything. Yeah. And, and I asked and he never said anything. Yeah. But isn't that kind of easy to do when we start to think about, because I think there are things that I know I don't know, or maybe I think I know, but I can't be sure. I mean, the mysteries of God are mm-hmm. the mysteries of God. So it can be easy maybe to just kind of wipe our feet and say, well, I walked up, I knocked on the door, didn't hear anything. So, well, all right. Must not be home. Must not be home or not interested. <laughs> and I think that we can pair that along to or alongside maybe our parents, our grandparents, you know, people that influenced us. And you start to get this picture of maybe <laughs> someone that maybe it isn't quite an ogre, yeah. but maybe isn't quite as attainable or as reachable as we feel they he should be, mm. right? Well, and that, you mentioned should, and I, and I think that's part of the issue. When You know, when you're growing up as a kid, uh, I remember my grandfather, he was always so, I don't want to say lenient, but whatever I wanted to do, he wanted to help me do it. It was just always a fun thing. I would, he would, uh, and my uncle, bless his heart, my uncle was sort of the opposite. And I would be doing something, you know, I'd 
kind of wonder if this was the right thing to do. And grandpa would always say, well, let me just help you. And you're doing an okay job, but let me help you do it. My uncle would say, well, that's, that's not the right way to do it. <laughs> that's not the right way to, you know, get out of the way kind of a thing. And I go, well, what's the right way to do it? He goes, well, and his answer would always be, well, it's not that way. And that's yeah. how I think we sometimes think about it sure. is that I'm not doing the right thing. So God's up there saying, well, of course, that's not the right way rather than a God who says, let me work with you in your life. Let me, let me be involved in your life. Let me, let me help my will become yours. And I don't think we pay attention too much to that. I think we always say, this must not be the right way. And then we get out. Well, it almost becomes second nature. I need to, I need to uncle's email so I can make sure. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> well, you know, it's always going to be a good story when someone says, oh, bless his heart. Before yeah. you can get started, you kind of know where that's going. Well, he's no longer with us. Okay. Well, that makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> You're safe. Well, you kind of moved along, and I call this, for lack of a better way to describe it, the Common Sense Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And this is the realization that the desire to follow God's will has a pretty good list of do's and don'ts that we don't need to waste time trying to figure out. We don't need to figure out if they're right, if they're mm -hmm. wrong. They're just pretty plain, right? You said there's a long list of issues, careers, life partner choices where God has made his will really, really clear by revealing what not to do. And then later on, an equally great text that describes some amazing desires that God has for us, not just prohibitions, but super benefits. So how do we invite people to look at the do's and don'ts? Because when I grew up, there was not a lot of do's, but there was a whole pile of don'ts. So what do we do for someone that is, you know, to help them having a solid foundation plan without risking portraying God as the ogre, killjoy, God of rules and don'ts? Because that gets to be tricky, too. Yeah. I think we have to go to Scripture again, that we're not under the law. We are under grace. And I know that really that can really rub some people the wrong way. <laughs> but, you know, the, the do's and the don'ts can be wise or foolish things we, we make choices on. But Paul says, you know, all things are acceptable. All things aren't beneficial. Uh, right. So I really think we can sort of set the do's and the don'ts a little bit aside and focus on who God is and what he wants for us, and sort of look at the good picture of his desires for us that are better than our desires for ourselves. Oh, I like that. Yeah. They're better than our desires yeah. for ourselves. Well, and that almost goes hand in hand with a lot of times if someone says, oh, what are you reading right now in the Bible? Oh, I'm in Psalms. Oh. <laughs> like reading Psalms. That doesn't count. That count. doesn't make any difference. <laughs> that's just all feel-good, fluffy stuff. That's not, that's not the, you know. Read John. Yeah, you know, go read James. You know, get your dose of, you know, the other side. But on the flip side, you talked about there was a colonial Christian theologian named Jonathan Edwards who in 1741 <laughs> wrote, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And if you didn't hear the message, go back and listen to it. Or, you know, if you Google, you just Google it, yeah. <laughs> if you Google it, it comes up in a lot of searches, and there's a lot of pontificating about what did it mean, why did he write it, who was this guy, and I never heard of him or that sermon. And it's, but it's amazingly dark and horribly describes a god of just complete darkness and despair. And, you know, prior to this message, I had never heard any of this, and yet there are people that I meet that still hold, maybe not in the same mm -hmm. words, but still right. hold something that's not altogether different as their view of who God is than what he described. But how can such extreme and differing views of God exist even among Christians? I mean, can we come to a consensus of like, 
God wants what's best for us. I'd like to have known Jonathan Edwards because I'm curious what he's like, because we often tend to make God into our image. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or we want to have, find leverage for something, because when I remember growing up with a neighbor friend of mine, and he, whenever I asked, like, hey, let's go do this, and he would always say, no, my dad won't let me do that, or my dad will get mad, or my dad will punish me, or my dad, he always, his dad was always the the one, and I, and I sometimes wondered, well, is that just an excuse for you? He didn't want to be with you, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> or is that just an excuse for you not to do this idea? Sure. And sometimes mm. I do think we have that. We want to limit, we want to leverage, we want to create ways in which we want our way, and we just put God as the way of you know, from keeping that from happening. And we tend to make ourselves look better in our own eyes than we really are. Yeah. And so and one of the ways you do that is by making other people look worse. And so if sure. God is really that abhorrent against all those terrible people, you know. It's How like much people, better am I then? Yeah, it's like people yeah. hold placards that, you know, these kinds of people are going to hell kind of thing. Sure. Like they hope they do as opposed to having a godly heart that hopes they don't. Right. Uh, it's just a really contrast. Well, and it's we all want to have that. We want to be special. I'm mm. I'm more special than you, and, <laughs> and I'm going to make it to a better place, and you're not. But even in that, what is the draw to the God described by Edwards? I mean, that, who, there's not any for me. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just wondering from that perspective. It made me think, like, who heard that message was like, now right there, that's some meat for your potatoes. Well, that well, sermon, honey. Now, did you do you take that one to heart? You know, possibly a, a very self-pleased or self-righteous person might have enjoyed the sermon. Because they might think, well, that's right. God hangles those people up. Those people. It's not me. Yeah. Or somebody else. There are a lot of people, though, that want to see punishment, too. Yeah. We get what we deserve and all that good stuff. Even thinking about a day of judgment for a lot of people is a very good... They're going to finally get what they're due, as opposed to, ooh, yeah. That could be me. You quoted 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4, which paints quite a different picture than that of what (laughs) Edwards uh, portrayed in his message. said, this is good and pleases God our Savior, for he wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And as you read on in that a little bit, verses 5 and 6 went on to say, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God in humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And that one... That should be something that no matter where you are looking at the things we've just talked about, well, where did we get these ideas and you know, what do we believe about God, that should be maybe on everyone's bathroom mirror in the morning. <laughs> like, so when you start your day, no matter what, you know, God, he wants everyone to be saved and wants everyone to understand that. And if, and if he is the sovereign God we claim him to be, how many of his wishes don't come true? I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm not... Anyway, moving on. Well, Um, I do think that there is a progressive side. You know, we always think of God as changing, and but there's also a progressive side to humanity too. In other words, we uh, we I think start to see God in different lights as more and more people rise that God uses as His mouthpiece or whatever. I mean, I think we're able to see a clearer picture, much like Paul says. I you know I used to see as a babe, I looked at him differently than I do Mm -hmm. now. So there, I think as our picture of God changes, whether it's through our experience, whether it's through, maybe it's through a teacher or somebody that's important in our lives that influences us, however our change happens, I think we begin to see God differently. And that changes how I see God's purpose in my life being fulfilled. 
yeah. that changes that too. So well, and no clearer place did that come out in the in the message. And I know this time has gone crazy quick, but I loved how you arrived at the conclusion using the thoughts and quotes from Fisher Humphreys and Barbara Brown Taylor. <laughs> And Fisher, I mean, and this is something you probably really do need to, because we could have spent the entire time just talking about (laughs) this. And so definitely go back and check out the message. But Humphrey said, once you can honestly pray, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do, then get up and go do what you want to do. And then Barbara Brown Taylor said, do any, she heard the voice of God tell her or the Holy Spirit or in meditation and prayer, do anything that pleases you and belong to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've heard two quotes that bring more hope to someone who, you know, the very people that are struggling with these questions and the reason that we're doing this series. But even though they're both similar and unique ways to approach this, and at minimum, it may give someone seeking another viewpoint when they're searching for these answers, they may seem oversimplistic but both involve a serious level of commitment and sacrifice. This isn't just do as you please. Right. These were both in the in the context of Right. I want to do whatever you want me to do, God. And, this, and on the other side, as I was listening to him say that, I thought on the other side of that, there's also a true acceptance of the power of God. God, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is after you've already made all mm-hmm. those decisions, and now you're at the place where I'm completely listening, just tell me. So definitely go back and listen to that part of the message, because it's given me a whole new outlook on this week, and you know, you're never too old to learn something new, even <laughs> if you think you might know some of the things God has for you already. One of our FHC takeaways from this past week asked, are you more comfortable with God revealing a specific will for you, or are you better with a broader, more open will for you? Have you experienced specificity, the broader open path, maybe both? Would love to hear how you have realized God's will for your life and the path you took to find it. You can share those in the FHC mobile app under the podcast banner. And finally, as we are already out of time, we'll wrap up with a paragraph that was near the end of Andy's message, but I felt really uh, wrapped things up very nicely. He said, how can you personally, specifically know God's will? Offer your whole self as a living sacrifice to God. Let him be at work in you, transforming you into a constantly new person, and you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Upcoming this week, we continue with Good Question. We do, and uh, right now it's worded how... How much freedom of thought and belief will your denomination allow you to have? I'm not sure. That's not exactly the question the person asked. They really want to know if they were different from their denomination, how they could stay in. But we got we got some good stuff to explore this week and to think about how that works. And I'm praying, and yeah. everyone listening can pray. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be back here. And we'll next still be I was going to say the uh, we already have squirming in the seats right here in the studio make, on a Tuesday. Might so. make for an interesting podcast next week. <laughs> That's it. So until next Wednesday in episode sixty-seven, which you will not want to miss. This is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you then.